Welcome everybody to the house of prayer. Amen. Tonight, this is a house of prayer. Praise God. Thank the Lord for that. Is that Luca? Is he talking to me? Bye-bye, Luca. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Some thoughts about prayer before we pray together and get to the prayer requests, the prayer cards. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, these are the words of Jesus. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And shortly after this, Jesus ascends into heaven. And this all is taking place on page one of the book of Acts, and on page two, the Holy Spirit comes. Thank God the Holy Spirit came from from heaven in order to enable us to serve the Lord and be good witnesses for him. Amen? Jesus left, but the Holy Spirit came. And Jesus says, you will receive power. And in the near future, I would like to talk about the power that we receive from the Holy Spirit. In Greek, the word is dunamis, and it means ability. It implies that you will receive ability that you would not have without the Spirit. You will have special ability when the Spirit comes upon you. And I can divide this, the uh, special power that comes on God's people into three categories of the Spirit. There's the fruit of the Spirit. It's uh, uh, nine describing words are used for describing the fruit of the Spirit in the book of Galatians chapter 5. It includes love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and others. There are nine of them listed there. I'm sure it's not a comprehensive list that you couldn't think of something else that the Spirit uh, creates in us as fruit. But it changes our demeanor the, the, one of the things that the power that the Spirit brings does, it gives us power to change our demeanor in a way that we, we would not be able to change it if not for the Spirit. The Spirit also gives gifts. And we can read about the gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14. And there are also nine gifts. This is also the power that the Holy Spirit gives to us. There, is, there are gifts like the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, healing, faith, diverse tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. There are nine gifts there. So the, the power of the Spirit gives fruit, gives gifts. And one other thing that I would like to mention, another category is effects, effects. Like what we see going on in the book of Acts, we see a gift of the Holy Spirit. They all spoke in tongues in chapter 2, a gift of the Holy Spirit. We see the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We see that um, great, there was a great outpouring of love 
And we also see the effects of the Holy Spirit. Now, to take a closer look at the effects of the Spirit, because it's prayer night, brothers and sisters, I want to encourage us tonight, before we get to the cards, to pray that the Spirit fall among us and fall on you and give you the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and the effects of the Spirit. Acts chapter 4, verse 8 says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people. Peter had the power to speak to power. He was speaking to the rulers. This is not just a a broad and general audience. This is a special audience of rulers and elders of the people. He's speaking to the powerful people of the city of Jerusalem. And he had the power to speak to them because of the Holy Spirit. You may need to speak to kings or judges or governors or professors, you know, the elite of society and the, the power people of society. But Peter was also speaking to social and cultural power. And that is something that all of us will have to deal with and speak to. The Holy Spirit will empower us to speak to authors, even when the authors aren't physically before us and aren't physically present in front of us. In other words, the thinkers, the commentators, the the, uh, the, the leaders, the, the inspiration of culture and society. The Spirit will enable you to speak to celebrities. Again, maybe the celebrities won't be right in front of your face, but maybe you'll be speaking to somebody who has great regard and love and enthusiasm about the celebrities. You will be able to speak to that love and enthusiasm if the Holy Spirit is, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit and enabled by him. You will be able to speak to fashion designers, broadcasters, songwriters, culture makers of all sorts, maybe not face-to-face, but you will be able to speak where their effects, where their effects are surfacing and manifesting in society right in front of you at the bus stop, in the class, on the job. And you'll be able to stand up for Jesus Christ. You will have power to resist social pressure. You will be able to stand up for the better way, the Bible. The social pressure to... Uh, change your sexual mores, the social pressure to think of all people as good and perhaps only needing therapy. You know, what people really need is improvement and therapy because they're, they're basically good in their hearts. They just need a, they just need a touch-up, a makeover. Oh, you got a lot of good qualities there. Let's just, you know enhance them. Let's talk our way through it. Let's give you some therapy. There's cultural pressure to try and help people that way. 
But if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you will be able to resist that social, cultural pressure and be faithful to Jesus and the Bible, which say that we're sinners, far from God, alienated from God and enemies of God, and in great need of salvation. That's a different message. And if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to stand for that message. Wherever the influence of the cultural, inf- the, wherever the cultural influencers are having their say, you're going to be able to stand up and stand up for Jesus Christ and the Bible. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have a better way. And if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to stand up for the better way. You'll have power to speak to the values of our culture, the things that our culture feels are so important. You will be able to show that Jesus is more important. God will give you understanding of how to speak to that and confidence about how to speak to that. You won't cower before social and cultural pressure. Now, I would say that really is power. If you don't cower to social and cultural pressure, kind of swim with the current, if you, if you have strength to swim against the current, you have real power. You have real strength. You have real ability. Where did that come from? Well, that came from the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Let's look at what Peter says. In front of these rulers and elders, rulers of the people and elders of Israel. He says, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he has made whole, be it known to you all and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which the builders set at naught, of you builder set it not of you builders which is become the head of the corner neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved peter really did have power from the holy spirit remember verse 1 says then peter filled with the holy ghost Filled with the Holy Spirit. He wasn't cowering before the pressure of the rulers and the elders. Let's, uh, let's say they're the representatives of the culture of the day, culture of the moment. He did not yield to the pressures of the culture of his moment because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you likewise will not cower. You will not bow and retreat from the pressures of our society and its ways, its values. Oh, the, the, the great uh, out of shape and evil value that it gives to money. You won't bow to it. You won't cower to it. That all people are good. That we can't help ourselves. We're just pitiful, 
animals that have unavoidable and undeniable animal desires and we can do nothing about them. We'll stand up for the name above every other name. We'll stand up and say, There's, you need to be saved and there's salvation and no other name than the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We will definitely need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because just as it was for Peter, the culture's big. It's, it, it's big, it's got a lot of momentum, it's got a lot of power, it's got a lot of backing. Well, in the book of Acts, the, the, the social and cultural pressure were clearly a present and continuous threat Go down to Acts chapter 4, verse 23. It says, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. It was time to pray because they were feeling it. Are you feeling it? I don't know how to talk to all these people that draw a red line that say, I am not... I am not turning to anything that does not accept the gay-lesbian agenda, the transgender thing, all, all that whole list of, that whole big long acronym. If you will not affirm that uh, all of those people need to be accepted in love, I'm not going there. I'm not going to your church. I'm not believing in your Jesus. There's the social pressure. There's the cultural pressure. You know what you're going to need in order to take a stand for Jesus Christ and the Bible? You're going to need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what did they do? They went to prayer. They went to prayer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They did not say, I don't want that responsibility. I don't want the conflict. Look, brothers and sisters, I am not talking about being part of a culture war. I'm not talking about taking back the United States for for God or for the church or something like that. I'm talking about you standing up for Jesus Christ where you are in your life as an individual who's been filled by the Holy Spirit. If God will take back our nation for Jesus, that's God's problem. Let Let God have that great big problem. How about if we, where we are, at the bus stop, in the class, in the job, at the office, in our neighborhood, get filled with the Holy Ghost and stand up and say, there's only one name by which you can be saved. And there's only eternal life for those who are saved. The the saving name is Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So they went back, they got together and they prayed. Why did they pray? They were feeling the pressure. They were feeling it. It was like a, whoa. Are we ready for this? Are we endued enough? Are we, is, do we have enough of the Holy Spirit? We're not taking it for granted. Let's pray. Let's not take it for granted. Let's pray. Here's how they prayed. 
Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. You see, they're talking about social cultural pressure. But they overcame the pressure. One of the chief enemies of the gospel and the spread of the gospel, brothers and sisters, is social cultural pressure. A pressure to make you stop preaching and stop living right. Verse 31 says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Praise God. This is the effect of the Holy Spirit and enabling to press forward with the gospel with boldness, even though there is social, cultural pressure trying to come against you and stop you. That is an effect of the Holy Spirit. Now I'd like to cover uh, a subject that will seem like a little bit of a jump and a little bit off to the side. Can you go with me please to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14? Verse 1, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Now what we're doing here is switching from an effect of the Holy Spirit, which is to be able to persevere and press through social and cultural pressure to a gift of the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the gift of tongues. How many of you speak in tongues, have a gift, have a gift of at least one kind of tongue? At least one kind. How many of you have a gift of more than one kind of tongue? I see a, a, a lot less hands on the second one. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries in the Spirit. Okay, this is a special kind of tongue, not understand by human beings. On the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, you'll read about how the brethren were filled with the Holy Spirit, received the gift of tongues, and a lot of people did understand what they were saying. People from many different nations of the earth heard them and understood what they were saying as they gave glory to God and to Jesus. In many different languages, they were understood. But this verse says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but, but to God. Indeed, no one, no one, can I repeat that? No one understands them. This is not a contradiction in the word of God. This is a, a very enlightening example of how there is more than one kind of tongue. One kind of tongue that is a supernatural ability to speak a foreign language. And another kind of tongue which is understood by no man. It is not a foreign language. It is not understood by any individual. Verse 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, 
My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. On the day of Pentecost, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues, they weren't praying. They were praising God with tongues. And people did understand what they were saying. But now the apostle is talking about a different kind of tongue. A tongue of prayer that no man understands. Even the speaker of it doesn't understand it. He says, my mind is unfruitful, but my spirit is praying. That's very good for us because we are spiritual beings. Now see, I told you I was switching gears and moving on to a different subject, but they they actually have a lot to do with each other because shortly we're going to pray to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And a lot of us are going to pray in tongues. And I pray that there are some people in this room right now who would like to pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues for the very first time in your Christian experience. And you may receive one kind of tongue or you may receive another kind of tongue. You may receive the kind of tongue where you speak the praises of God in Italian and I'll be the only one able to understand you. I won't understand you very well, to be honest. It goes too fast. A few words I would pick up. Or you may receive from God the tongue of prayer where your spirit prays, I don't understand what you're saying. No human being understands what you're saying. You don't understand what you're saying, but your spirit is connecting with God through the Holy Spirit. And that is so healthy for us, so needed for us. It's so helpful. This church has been doing that for over 50 years and so many of us have gotten so much good out of it. None of us have gotten anything bad out of that. We've only and always been edified by that. There is a tongue for praying. 1 Corinthians 12.10 One mistake that people make when they talk about the gift of tongues from the word of God is every time they see the word tongues, they think that all those verses are referring to one and the same thing. But they don't because there are different kinds of tongues. 1 Corinthians 12.10 refers to to another speaking in different kinds of tongues. Notice, it doesn't say speaking in tongues to another speaking in tongues. If it meant that we would, by a gift of the Holy Spirit, speak languages, human, understandable, comprehensible, shared by communities, languages, it would have just said tongues. But it doesn't just say tongues. It says different kinds of tongues. The word different kinds, the word kinds in the Greek language is genos. It's uh, the root that gives, our Engl- gives us our English word genus, as in uh, te- taxonomy of, of the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom and so on and so forth. Uh, in, in, in the taxonomy of the animal and plant kingdoms, a genus is a, lo- a level above species but a level below family. A polar bear and a black bear. A polar bear, a black bear, and a giant panda bear are all in the same genus. 
of bears. But polar bears and black bears are in the same, no, they're in the same family, but uh, polar bears and black bears are in one genus and giant panda bears are in another genus of the bigger family bears and polar bears and giant pandas can't have kids. Tigers, lions, and most of our house cats are all part of the same family. But tigers and lions belong to one genus and most of our house cats belong to another genus. The point I'm trying to make is that all the gifts of the Holy Spirit of tongues do not belong in the same category. There are several kinds. There are human languages, angelic languages, spiritual languages, some of which are known to people, some of which are unknown to anybody, are beyond understanding to anybody. Now, when we pray together, and we all come up here and we pray and we agree with someone who's brought a prayer card, that's part of what we do on prayer nights, I've asked the brothers and sisters who lead us in that activity to give the microphone to the person who brought the card forth if they want it and so that they can lead us in prayer. It's wonderful. Praise God. I love to agree with my brothers and sisters in their prayer requests and, and join with them in prayer. And when we put their prayer request up on the screen and when we turn the speakers around to face the crowd, we put speakers up here. It's really helped us and drawn us in unity as we pray together. But I've asked them, please, if the person starts speaking in tongues as they're praying, no big deal. Don't say, you're not allowed to speak in tongues. Just take the microphone away from them. If it's tongues, and it's tongues of prayer, and no man can understand it, it's really not helping anybody, and it's really not the proper use of a microphone. It's not what microphones are for. Microphones are to amplify the sound so many, many people can hear and understand what's being said. But we won't be able to understand if they're praying in tongues. It's fine for them to pray in tongues. Unless they're going to speak that particular kind of tongue which is interpreted. That's another kind of tongue. Remember Acts chapter 2, the tongue was foreign languages without having to go to class, no uh, Rosetta Stone or anything. Bingo. They could speak foreign languages. Paul mentioned praying in the spirit. That's another kind of tongue. Here's another kind of tongue the Bible talks about, one that's interpreted. Someone speaks the tongue forcefully, publicly. It's kind of attention-getting. And then someone else, or maybe sometimes the same person, interprets the tongue. I think sometimes someone speaks a tongue and then gives the prophecy right after it. Same person does both, the tongue and the prophecy. I think the tongue was really not what they're interpreting. I think it was their excitement, their nervousness, and their need to just get filled up with the Holy Spirit before they actually spoke out in a crowd. They're really excited and nervous. But perhaps even tonight, 
Somebody over here will speak a tongue and somebody over here will interpret the tongue that that person spoke. We do that sometimes here. That takes a little more nerve, doesn't it? A little more faith. In. I think I might have forgotten to write down the verse, but this is in uh, uh, chapter 14. I'm, I'm not going to belabor searching for it. But the Apostle Paul says on the one hand, do not forbid speaking in tongues. Do not forbid speaking in tongues. But in 1 Corinthians 14, 27, he says, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at most three should speak one at a time and someone must interpret. How do you put that together? How does the Apostle Paul say in one breath, don't forbid anybody to speak in tongues, and half, not even half a page later, a few sentences later, say, if anybody speaks in tongues, it should only be by two or three. That's got to be under control, and there are restrictions on that. On the one hand, he says, don't put any restrictions on speaking in tongues. And on another hand, he says, put some restrictions speaking on tongues. How is that? It's very simple. He's referring to two different kinds of tongues. He's referring to a tongue of praying in the Spirit. Don't stop anybody from praying in the Spirit in tongues. Let them go. They're doing something wonderful. They're being edified in their spirit. On the other hand, if we're going to have people kind of, you might say, standing up, taking the floor, speaking publicly, probably more loudly, maybe more dramatically, you can kind of tell we're supposed to stop what we're doing and pay attention to it. That's a different kind of tongue. The Bible says God gives different tongues. Different kinds of tongues. And one is not to be stopped, and the other is to be restricted. We can't start having four, five, six people stand up, stop the meeting, everybody pay attention to them while they speak in a tongue, and we wait for an interpretation. Not a good way to run a meeting. It'll be confusing. It's overboard. The, The tongue of prayer... Sometimes people in prayer, me most of all, I'm one of the chief offenders of this, get rather emotional. I get very emotional when I pray. I shout, I cry, I blubber, I moan. I do all kinds of stuff when I pray. And you know what? I'm not going to be oppressed by the oppression of silence that exists in so much religion. I'm just going to do my thing. Don't forbid me from speaking in tongues. The Apostle Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. I don't think it's ever hurt anybody. We all just go about our business and we all just pray. If someone gets a little loud and someone gets emotional and someone lays down on their face and somebody else stands up and somebody else jumps and somebody else moans... There's liberty in the spirit. Let's, we don't want to have the oppression of, of quietness and silence. 
Likewise, if you want to be quiet and you want to be silent, nobody's going to pressure you to be noisy. We have more than one kind of tongue. There's no contradiction. The Apostle Paul speaking about two different kinds of tongues, gifts. One to be interpreted, one for prayer. There's one for singing. There's one that is miraculously speaking a foreign language. The one that is to be interpreted has a narrower or a more restricted use than the other kinds of tongue. There's more than one kind. You read 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 with that simple understanding that there's more than one kind, and you go, oh, it all makes so much sense now. Only by two or three. Don't forbid anybody to speak. All right, if you've never received the gift of tongues, any kind of the gift of tongues, I want to encourage you to come forward tonight and we'll pray with you. Those of you who are filled with the Holy Spirit, pray with them. The Apostle Paul said, have you guys heard that, there, that you could be filled with the Holy Ghost? And they said, we haven't even heard that. That's a possibility. And the Bible says Paul laid his hands on them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. I'm not sure which kind they spoke. I want want to encourage you to come forward tonight and seek the Lord for that gift. But church, all of us, need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can stand and persevere and succeed in standing up for Jesus Christ in the Bible, standing up that there is salvation in no other name but Jesus, stand up for everything the Lord has taught us, as the pressure of our corrupted culture and our corrupted society comes against us and tries to shut us down. So I ask you, please come on, let's join in prayer. That's enough of me tonight. Let's uh, seek our Lord with all of our hearts. I pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon us in a mighty way. Hallelujah.